Hi, welcome to New Beginning Church Online Service. We want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with your friends and family. Our ESA group is every Friday at 8 p.m. There's a link on our website for you to join in via Zoom meeting. And if you want to bless this ministry, you can do so online. The detailed information can be found at www.nbcsingapore.org slash give. Hi, good morning, New Beginnings Church. It looks like this is a new norm. I still get a chance to speak to you. I just don't get a chance to see you face to face. I'm speaking to you this morning from my study. Um, it, it's, a, it's a study that I have rarely used in the last 12 years, simply because I was always traveling and away from home. But, well, in this new norm, we're now worshiping God at home. I'm now preaching from home, but we're still connected with God's Holy Spirit. And that's the topic of our message this morning. Our topic this morning is the Spirit-led life. In John's Gospel, chapter 14 and verse 17, Jesus promised his disciples that not only would the Father send the Holy Spirit to them, not only to them, but of course, subsequently from the book of Acts on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. It's not only to them that this promise is given, but to those that are near and far, to those that were in that generation and to all generations after that, including ours. So when Jesus promised this to his disciples, he was also promising it to us and to all that will call upon the name of Jesus. What was that promise? That the Father would send the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would come and dwell in us. And this is the best part, that He would never lead us. He would never leave us. He would never leave us, so He would always be present and available and able to lead us. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. And in these days of uncertainty, in these days of confusion, in these days of having to adapt to new norms, to changes, we need truth. We need someone to guide us to the truth. So this, this week, my message on the Spirit-led life comes from, let's go to Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 10. I want to start off by reading to you from verse 6. In the book of Acts, the author of the book of Acts, the human author of the book of Acts is Luke. Luke, the doctor, was a companion of Paul on many of his missionary journeys, and he noted this incident this experience that Paul had in Acts 16 in verse 6. And Paul and his people, Paul and his group, 
they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And I would like you to focus on that phrase, forbidden by the Holy Spirit. In verse 7, when they had come to Mysia, they, Paul and his group, attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And once again, I'd like you to highlight something here, this phrase, did not allow them. So in verse 6, Paul and his group, they were preaching the gospel. They wanted to go into this area of Asia, but they were forbidden. So they decided to go to another region, an area called Phrygia and Galatia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to get into this place called Bithynia. And now the Spirit of Jesus was not allowing them. So in, in matters like where to go, in matters like choosing the locations that they needed to be, what they needed to do, the activities, even something as minute as that, for something as generally commanded in the Bible as preaching the gospel. Well, Paul and his group, they did not assume things. They did not assume that they could just simply do whatever, anywhere they wanted. And this is not whatever, this is preaching the gospel. Jesus had given a general command to go into all the world. So, Rightfully, I would think my logical mind would tell me it didn't matter which part of the world you went to because there was a command to go into all the world. And it didn't matter where we went because Jesus had promised that the Holy Spirit was never going to leave us. And yet, Paul, on these occasions, he, he kind of felt a restraint. He kind of felt a kind of prompting not to. I would like you to note in verse 6 and 7, it never explicitly says that the Holy Spirit was speaking. It just says that he forbade and he did not allow. Well, God can lead us without having to speak to us. God can lead us without requiring us to hear a voice. And I'm a person who loves experiencing the leading, the guiding, the prophetic, the insights, the visions, the hearing of God's voice, the sensing of God's presence. I, I love all of those dimensions of the Spirit. But I'm very, I'm really careful, skeptical when people try to convince me that they have heard a voice. Even more so when they claim not only to have heard a voice, but it was an audible voice. Over the years, I've come to understand that these are subjective experiences. Just because they are subjective, it doesn't make it less real. The Spirit of God 
can lead us. It doesn't have to speak to us. So we're not required to be led by a voice. So we don't have to look for a voice. But we want to be led by the Spirit. So we have to yield to the Spirit. We need to treat the Holy Spirit as a person. Not just as a person who is near us, but a person who is even closer than that, who is indeed in us and who's going to be in us forever. You can ignore a person who is in your surroundings. Now, we've probably either experienced people ignoring us, people sometimes whom we lived with, people whom we went to school with, people whom we hang around with, maybe in a group, they suddenly start to just talk to everybody else and ignore us. So we probably experienced that. Maybe even done that to somebody. But how do you ignore a person who is in you? And apparently, it's very easy to do that simply because we rely on our own thoughts, we rely on other people's advice, we rely on other people's words, we rely on other people's instructions, we rely on the guidance of what is naturally out there. Now, some people look at verse 6 and 7 and they say Paul and his group perhaps were hindered by some external situation. Maybe there was a pandemic, maybe there was a lockdown, maybe there was some kind of uh, physical restriction like a flood or heavy rain or landslide that made Paul and his group turn back, turn away or prevented them from going to certain areas. Well, if that was the case, then I don't think Luke would have described it as an activity of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not working outside in the world to create natural occurrences. The Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, is only in one place. He's indwelling us. He's working not for us. He's not working out of us. He's firstly and foremostly working in us. And then perhaps He can work through us, but never apart from us. So if Paul felt any kind of forbidding or any kind of restraint, any kind of prompting from the Holy Spirit, it must have been something within him. Paul does not explain his process, or should I say more accurately, Luke does not explain Paul's process. But nevertheless, it is implied that Paul was being led by the Holy Spirit. This is my conclusion. If the Holy Spirit is inside of us, then He must produce the leading from inside of us. And since it's inside of us, there is absolutely no reason to speak through an audible voice. 
He's going to lead us. Sometimes He's going to lead us in such a way that we didn't even know it was the leading of the Holy Spirit. Until later, when we realized it. Years ago, I, I remember an experience I had. But this is now 30 years ago. When I was just a 19-year-old, 20-year-old university student, it was a Easter Sunday morning when my friend and I, Mark, we were walking to church. We, we had taken a public bus to a drop-off point, and then from that drop-off point, we had to walk perhaps 500 meters to church. So 500 meters, we were walking through the streets. The church was located in the center of the, the town, the center of the city. So we were walking in the streets that were in the city center. It was early morning, maybe 7.15, 7.30. Streets were pretty deserted. And I was walking with him. And I saw this man, looked like a man in his 50s, carrying a, a battered leather briefcase that I'd seen better times. Just looked really faded and really in bad shape, the briefcase. So straight away in my mind, I had a conclusion, an assumption about this man. He must be a person out of town because he's carrying his briefcase. He must have been a businessman. Uh, so I made this assumption about him, just to be looking, judging him externally. My own assumption, based on my own parameters, based on my own experience, and based on some kind of stereotype. And then this man approached two young girls and he said something to them and they giggled and walked away. And now suddenly, from thinking that he was a businessman, I was thinking he was just a dirty old man, probably trying to proposition these young girls, pick up these young girls. I felt he was a pimp, maybe, even. So, you know, my mind was just going wild, making all these guess, guesses and making all these fantastic imaginations and conclusions. And right there, there was this thought that went quickly through my mind. It was a strong thought going through my mind. Well, there were other thoughts going through my mind, as you would imagine. If you recall, I was thinking on one hand, he was a businessman. On the other hand, I was thinking he was a pimp. So there were other thoughts going through my mind. But in midst of all these thoughts that were coming from my own soul, from my own consciousness, from some kind of programming that had been stored in my consciousness, there was this other thought just going through my mind so vividly, so clearly. It was almost like it was imprinted in my mind, but it was a thought at the same time, it was as though it, there was an inner dialogue. Because it wasn't just a thought. It was just like a dialogue, like a script flowing through my mind, saying, I want you to take this man to church. At 20 years old, I hadn't developed any skill, experience on approaching a person in the street and talking to them about God. Especially a stranger, one more person that looked to me like an utterly um, like an utter scoundrel. I, push, I pushed aside this 
these thoughts. But as I kept on walking, that the thought became stronger and stronger and you know, it just almost felt like I couldn't continue walking, almost like what Paul described as wasn't allowed to continue to walk. Wasn't I was like being forbidden. I hadn't experienced that before. And I was now utterly convinced that this was the voice of God. So I looked at my friend Mark and I said, Mark, I explained to him this is what I felt in my my heart and my mind. And I told Mark, why don't you go and ask that man to come to church? And Mark took a look at that guy and he said, no, I'm not going to him. I don't get good vibes looking at him. I don't want to approach him. And he said, and finally Mark just ended all debate by saying, it is you that God is speaking to, so it is you who should invite him to church. If anybody's going to invite him to church, it's you. And I said, oh, it's okay. Let's just keep on walking. And the more I walked, the more I just felt forbidden by the Holy Spirit to leave this man behind. Eventually, I just decided, I, I got to deal with this feeling in my heart. Turned around, walked back, approached this man, and I said to him, Sir, I'm going to church this morning. Would you like to come with me to church? And he asked me, Is your church a charismatic church. I was thinking, I was thinking a little bit stunned because charismatic is very specific language, unlikely spoken by a pimp. <laughs> and I said, yes, I do go to a charismatic church. He said, what's the name of your church? And I told him the name of the church and he said, good. You know, he, he explained that he was an out-of-town business person who was living on a certain location. He had traveled or some distance because he wanted to go to the church that we were going to and he didn't know how to get there. This, remember, is the days of pre-Google Map and Waze and even pre-internet days. And he said that he had been praying to God all the way to that location, asking God to send somebody along his path that would take him to that church. And the girls that he had approached, he had just, he had just asked them that question. And they didn't know what he was asking because I think they didn't understand English. Somehow, supernaturally, I had felt led to ask him to go to that church that he was looking for. I'm convinced he was the Holy Spirit because there was no way in my limited human capacity I would have understood all of that. I didn't have the whole picture when I approached him. It's just like Paul in verse 6 and 7 didn't have the whole picture when in verse 6 he knew that he was forbidden to go to the Asian region. In verse 7 when he had come to another location. Now obviously he came to this other location without being directed there and he was now interrupted from going to Bithynia because the Holy Spirit didn't allow him. It seems like the Spirit doesn't give us the whole picture, but he does lead us. I would like you to take note of this. Being led by the Spirit doesn't suddenly make us the masters of the universe. It doesn't suddenly make us a mini-God who is now pseudo-omniscient, knowing almost everything. A being led by the Holy Spirit doesn't mean now that you don't have to study for your exam so hard because you're going to know the exam questions beforehand or when you go into the exam, 
uh, examination, you're somehow going to be led by the Spirit on how to answer those questions. No, the Holy Spirit doesn't make us lazy. The Holy Spirit doesn't cause us to become unproductive. The Holy Spirit doesn't stop us from growing naturally in that kind of way. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us over and above all our own efforts to mature and develop ourselves. And He doesn't give us the whole picture. Because if He does, we would stop leaning on God. We would stop trusting in God. We would stop having faith in God because we would now trust in our own ability to know everything. It's the same thing that God told Adam and Eve not to do, not to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Because we were always meant to be operating in faith. That's an important aspect of being led by the Holy Spirit. Paul did not get frustrated. Paul did not give up. Paul did not put his hands up in the air and say, God, I surrender. I'm tired. I, I, I want to do your work. And you constantly somehow give me signals. I shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. But why don't you once and for all tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Paul didn't do that. And I, and, I, and I like that kind of attitude. I believe God loves that kind of attitude. So Paul didn't give up. He just went on to another place, even though he didn't know if that was the place that God wanted him to go. This was almost like a, a multiple choice situation. You didn't know what the answer was until you looked at all options. And then after you look at all options, sometimes you needed to do an elimination method before you finally got the correct answer. That God, the Holy Spirit, wants us to learn and grow and mature and develop and live this life as normally as possible. A supernatural life is not supposed to preclude, it's not supposed to exclude a natural one. Now in verse 9, Paul had something even more spectacular. A vision now appeared to Paul in the night. Perhaps not a vision as in an open vision. Perhaps this was you know, a vision in the night, maybe a dream. More spectacular than having a feeling in your heart. So in this dream, and the dreams, you know, dreams that we have, or even visions that we have are pretty symbolic, still spectacular. A man of Macedonia was standing in his to 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 Paul, how how did Paul know it was a Macedonian man? Could be, could be sometimes you know in a dream or in a vision, it's the manner in which a person speaks, or it's the manner the person wears his clothes, or sometimes it's just an inner knowing. You know the way that we're built, we don't have to be told, we don't have to be informed, we could just know things. And that's because the spirit is in us interwoven with us he's one with us so he doesn't have to shout he doesn't have to clearly make it known to us and we can just know it that's the beauty of a supernatural life it happens in a natural manner it can be naturally supernatural so in this dream there is man from macedonia who's standing there Somehow Paul knew it was from Macedonia. He was waving him over. Come on. Come on over to Macedonia and help us. 
I love this in verse 10. And when Paul had seen this vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia. Now, it's for the first time, first time that we know in verse 10 that actually Luke was not just a person recording this incident, he was a witness to this incident because the pronoun from they in verse 6, verse 7 changed to verse 10 to we. We sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. It wasn't Paul's singular individual decision to go to Macedonia. It was a collective decision to go to Macedonia. The decision was made by the entire group. The experiences were Paul's, especially that last experience in verse 9. The vision was purely and singularly experienced by Paul. Ultimately, the decision was made by the group. Secondly, the decision was made not by the group experiencing something supernatural, something out of the ordinary, extraordinary, no. They just used their logical mind because the Bible says in verse 10, they concluded. You know, sometimes we think to be spirit-led, we need to let go of our logic our reasoning no our logic and reasoning doesn't dominate over our spiritual faculties neither does it get ignored it works together because god made us complete human beings with a mind with a heart with emotions with the physical situation physical um, capacities physical sensations together with a spiritual dimension it all works together that's how, what, that's how natural human beings function. But when it works together, founded on the truth of God's Word and being led by the Spirit, this gives us the Spirit-led life. Let me conclude our message this morning. My three points. Point number one, the Holy Spirit is a person. If we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, we, we need to give Him a room in our lives. We need to treat Him as a person, not as some kind of individual best kept aside, only, ref only interacting with Him during moments of spiritual activity. We need to give Him every part of our life. We need to want to hang out with Him. Because you know, when you have friends and friends choose to hang out with other people, don't want to hang out with you, you know, you know how it feels like, right? You know, when you have people who are your BFs, best friends, and they tell you everything, they discuss everything with you, share everything with you, and suddenly they don't want to do it, or they make a big move without even letting you know about it. You know how it feels like, right? You suddenly feel a distance. You suddenly feel uh, like there's a gap appearing between you and that person. That intimacy, that closeness is gone. And I think many of us, we become guilty of treating the Holy Spirit, not as a person, but as an it. 
as an object an object like this book this book being an object and this book is the bible yes this physical book it's still a physical book maybe called the bible but you know god wants me to have his word in my heart not in not in a, in a book that i open up from time to time he wants me to have it in my heart because when it's in my heart it can consciously and even subconsciously influence me color my life help me make decisions the holy spirit is not an object that exists in a certain location uh, holy spirit is not some kind of influence that we activate when we lift our hands and speak in tongues the holy spirit he is a person is not just a person but the holy spirit is god he is a person who is worthy to be worshiped he's a person that is worthy for us to revere he's a person that is worthy for us to give number one place he's that person without whom we don't have the seal of salvation without holy spirit we're not going to make it to the finish line and finish the way that god meant us to it's only the holy spirit is going to be able to lead us into transforming to become like jesus because the holy spirit not only is he the spirit of truth that will lead us into all truth he is also the spirit of jesus sent from the father and my third point to conclude all of this he's not only the, a person he is not just god a divine person praise be unto god the god who sent his son to die on the cross for us and save us and give us eternal life who has called us to be his children the holy spirit who is all of those things that i said he will not leave us you know there are going to be moments that we're going to mess up there are going to be moments where we're going to rebel against god there are going to be moments that we're going to do things that is going to deeply hurt god there are moments where we're going to ignore the holy spirit there are moments we're going to go against the holy spirit and all of those things happen and i pray to god those moments if they ever happen are very few and become less and less and perhaps even never in our lives the holy spirit through all of those kinds of situations he's never going to leave us It's not because I'm saying to you that it's my experience. It is not because I'm saying that to you to make you feel good, to make you feel safe. No. It's because Jesus said so. It's because Jesus paid the price which is complete, which is forever fulfilled. At the end of his death on the cross, completing the task that God has set before him he had said these words it is finished it is done and how could it be finished and done if the holy spirit is not permanently going to tell us he's never going to leave us we may hurt him we may grieve him and know that when we do so It's really hurtful to God. 
And because God lives in us through the Holy Spirit, is also going to be in many ways damaging ourselves. It's a form of self self sabotage. But all of that is not going to drive him away. He's here to stay and lead us and guide us. New Beginning Church, as sons of God, that is our inheritance. Let's pray. Father, whatever we experience is not going to determine truth. Truth is determined by what you have spoken. Truth is determined by what you have done through Jesus. Truth is determined by all that the Holy Spirit will do in us and through us. Once again, Father, the Word has become flesh through our lives when we yield to the Holy Spirit here this, af this afternoon, this morning, whatever time that we are in at this point of time, we just want to yield our hearts to the Holy Spirit. We want to once again understand anew what your word means when it says, if you dwell in me and my word dwells in you, ask what you desire and it shall be given unto you. And if any man be in Christ Jesus, all things are passed away and he becomes a new creation. Father, we just want to be so sensitive and aware to the guidance and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We know that He's not always going to be so spectacularly and so tangibly leading us and guiding us. But we are always 24-7 open to that meeting. We are sprinkled by your blood. We are renewed by your word. Our conscience is purged by your blood, by your word, and by the deep cleansing work of the Holy Spirit. We we together with the Spirit say to you, Lord Jesus, come, come. We say as Samuel of old was taught to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant here. And, ask, and as, as your servants, we not only vow to hear, we also promise To do without fear, to do without compromise. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say, joining us. Hope you have been blessed. This podcast is made possible by generous giving people like you. If you want to support us, please visit us at www.nbcsingapore.org www.nbcsingapore.org God bless you.